Hello and welcome to the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you live a happier, healthier, and stronger life. Building a life that you love starts with you owning your health and intentionally creating the best version of yourself. So if you're looking to better understand how proper nutrition, daily movement, mindset work, and strength training can help you create a life full of happiness and health, then you are in the right place. I genuinely hope the tips, tricks, and information we share will be your catalyst for change. I'm your host, Lauren Heiser. It's time to dive in. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. Today, we have a special edition, the Teacher's Edition. I'm your host, Lauren Heiser, and I have some guests that are going to introduce themselves. So we're just going to go around the room and um, just start with your your name, who you are, and then uh, what you do in the realm of teaching or coaching or serving the local community, our greater youth, right? We'll start with Rachel. My name is Rachel Clark. I've actually been a part of OakFit for over eight years now. Um, I've been a teacher for 11 years. Um, I'm a, currently a kindergarten through fifth grade reading specialist, um, and I tutor on the side, too, and um, just try to fit it all in. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Deb Otto, and um, I have been teaching special education for 30 years. Um, no small feat. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still here to talk about it. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm at uh, I'm in the Harlem School District. I've got um, first through sixth grade special ed. I kind of all over due to COVID. I'm one of the teachers that actually in the classroom serving the kids that decided to come to school. So I am all over the place. Um, I've been part of Oak Strength for probably six years. Um, I started after I got my two boys started, mm -hmm. and they started coming home saying, you know, quit buying us pop, quit do it. And I'm just like, what? And so they're like, you need to come to this. You need to come do this. And um, growing up, very obese, and exercise was just not a part of my vocabulary, not a part of my life yeah. at all. Um, I can say that at 51, I'm in the, I'm stronger. I'm in the best shape of, of my life. And it's, I come here every day after school. I mean, I, I have to. Yeah. And so, you know, besides chasing, um, my two older sons around, um, making sure they're, you know, alive and kicking and behaving themselves. Um, yeah. So this is, this is, this is what I do. Yeah. This is Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. We'll dig into that a little bit more. Um, I'm Lonnie Mitchell and I teach high school art at Harlem high school. Um, I've been a multi-sport athlete my whole life. I was the head girls volleyball coach at Harlem for 16 years, started the boys program, did that for seven years. Um, I've done club ball off and on over the years. Um, this is probably about my, I think, three and a half years at Oak. Mm -hmm. um, mainly started because with all the teaching and coaching, I didn't have time to work out and just got to a point where I was like, oh my God, I can't stand myself. I'm not even athletic anymore. Um, so actually, I ran into Deb Otto okay. at a conference we were both at for school, and she happened to have her Oak stuff on, and I was like, I'm going there like tomorrow for a meeting or something. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so that was kind of funny. Um, and I, you know, I'm finally back to being athletic when my injuries allow me to be, and Matt and Adam and everybody here have been great about <laughs> modifying things and, and helping me stay active even when some parts didn't want to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, definitely my sanity, my therapy, uh, keeps me mentally, emotionally stable and helps me deal with 
my real job every day. <laughs> and yeah, teaching is no no simple uh, endeavor. Um, how did did each you can kind of you know discuss specific to you? But uh, did you always want to teach? Was that always something that you wanted to do, or how did you kind of get into teaching? Anyone who feels like starting can start. I felt like I always wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Like I remember growing up and playing school, and you know whatever the teachers wanted to hand you, at, you know like extra materials that they had lying around I would take them you're gonna play <laughs> yeah like I I knew forever that I'd, I was going to be a teacher and I have some family members that are teachers and um, even when I started I started as a kindergarten teacher and like went right away back for my master's and got my reading specialist and went back for my master's again and got curriculum instruction and I I love learning and wow yeah um just continue growing both mentally and, and physically as well. So yeah, awesome, Deb. How about you? How was, was your teaching journey? Well, I um, in high school I worked at um, Walter Lawson Children's Home mm -hmm. here in Machesney Park, and so um, I I always thought that maybe and those kids have just always been near and dear to me. It's just kind of yeah. like I knew that they're even though they couldn't talk or, or something. It's like their eyes would still mm. let me know that there's something there. There's, you know, and their personality. And I guess, you know, when I went to school and then um, I just decided to go the route of like um, a learning disability mm -hmm. and behavior specialist. And so that's kind of the journey, but I've taught um, kindergarten through high school. I taught high school for eight, 10 years. And, oh, and okay. I loved that. I loved seeing their journey from immature, you know, nine, you know, ninth graders to these mature 12th graders. And I still have students that contact me on Facebook and, and, and all of that and send me pictures of their kids. And then I feel really old. And then I'm like, <laughs> well, thanks a lot. But, you know, it's just like, you know, you, I, you know, it's just those, those kids that come back to me and just say, you know, yeah, you were a mean son of a gun, but I'm here today because of you and yeah. your determination for my determination. And so, um, yeah. So, and that's why I've been doing it for 30 years. Love, hate. You can't step away. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, the most draining, fulfilling thing in the yes, world. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Kind of like coaching. I may mm -hmm. understand. Yes. <laughs> you guys are great. Uh, how about you, Lonnie? Um, actually, I initially went to school to be a graphic designer. So, I got my BFA at LNI Wesleyan. Um, I had done a little bit of coaching with summer, tra summer travel softball with my niece's team a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then... Right after I got out of college was when they started adding the freshman-level sports, and I fell into coaching uh, freshman volleyball at Harlem and thought, this is what I need to do. I couldn't imagine not being in a gym for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I started taking the classes I needed to get certified to teach, and I subbed and coached. And, um, you know, people. some people think I'm kind of a freak of nature being art and athletic, um, but teaching and coaching lets me do both. It, uh, you know, art is my God-given skills, and mm -hmm. sports have always been my passion. Being the youngest of nine, I grew up on a ball field and in a gym and had a glove on my hand at three. And Yeah. Um, so, you know, it allows me to do both and to reach many different kids because we get a different kid in the art classroom than I get in the gym or on the court. So. Yeah, but it's a unique mix. Yeah. You definitely, yeah, I get to kind of hit all the different personality types and uh, right. kind of like night and day, but, yeah, I can see that being very <laughs> fulfilling. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, what was the hardest uh, juggling act of, I mean, I coached for one year. I coached at North Boone JV girls basketball, and I, I, I sat down and calculated it out, and I probably got paid like five cents an hour, <laughs> right. right? And um, it is the most um, 
rewarding yet monetarily unrewarding thing right. you can do. Um, and so, yeah, it's very time consuming. And I'm sure with art, you have things outside of the classroom to prepare and just like you do, you know, practice plans and things like that. So um, what was the, what was the hardest part about that for coaching for that long and managing that? Or maybe it wasn't, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. Maybe it wasn't super hard, but. No, I think uh, initially there were like three years where I did volleyball, basketball, and softball at Harlem. At the year round. As you well were as summer ball. Okay. Um, so those three years were a little tiring. Um, had great kids at that time, though, and kids that had grown up with my niece, so I knew a lot of them. And Yeah. Um, and then when I switched to boys' volleyball, that was like a culture shock <laughs> because they didn't know the game at all. Okay. So you're starting But the girls grew up knowing it. Yeah. Okay. So you're starting with high school-age boys who, A, don't want to listen and have no attention span anyway. <laughs> but very athletic. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so trying to get them to buy into the process and you got to learn the game and the skill and yeah. then we can play. And um, and they're just not as disciplined academically. So grades were always more mm, of a battle with okay. them. Um, as far as the art in the classroom at the high school level, it's not too bad because, you know, projects, once you get going, are take like two weeks. So I was only grading maybe every couple of weeks. Whereas, like, at a grade school art, those teachers are crazy. They're, you know, in and out of classrooms yeah. you know, 10, 12 times a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would have been totally insane. But um, So it's been all right for the most part. Okay. And uh, I am lucky that I work from home. So uh, I literally cannot fathom being in a classroom all day long and then rushing to the gym right away and getting my workout in. So... Do each of you have uh, tips, hacks, or things, conversations you've had with yourself um, to just keep you focused and just be like, no, this is something I'm, I'm doing for me. I'm doing for my health. And I'm going to choose to do this regardless of how stressed out I feel or how many laundry list of excuses I, I think I have. Do you guys have any advice on that for nine to fivers that are busy and, and say, I don't have time for the gym. I really, I really can't fit in. And I have other things to do. You have to make it a priority. And I know for me personally, if I go home, I can tell myself, oh, I'll go home and I'll get on the treadmill or whatever. I won't. So <laughs> I know I have to make it a priority for myself. I, I know if I leave, our contract time is 3 o'clock. So I, okay. I leave maybe by 5 after, and I get here, and I might sit in the car for a little bit, mm -hmm. um, hang out with Deb. And, um, but then we come in here, and you know we might feel sluggish and unmotivated, but – we feel amazing when we're done. And I know I come personally right now five to six days a week, but I, for my mental health, have had to make it that priority. Now, in a typical school year when there's tutoring and things like that, maybe I only come three days, mm -hmm. maybe four days a week. Um, but again, it's just I have to still make that somehow a priority yeah. um, and get there. So. Do you, uh, do you mind expanding at all on the, on the mental health side? Just a, a, few, a few words about uh, what that does for you, if you have wor so words to put So especially this year, it's, yeah. it's really hard. We, in I'm in Belvedere. Okay. So we started off full remote but still had to go into work. Right. And it's really hard to be in an office full of people, but you can't socialize. There's no students. It's, it's an empty school building is not normal, you know. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and so to have that mental health piece, I even started bringing a book every day. And I was reading a book during plan time if I had nothing to do or during my lunch, um, just because you can't, you couldn't go and visit other teachers' classrooms even and, yeah. and socialize. And, and then to come here, it'd make me, it'd make me feel so much better because I was almost to the point of, 
where you just are hard on yourself and you feel sad and emotional and upset over everything and you know and, and depression's not something like I've ever had to yeah. face but like with COVID like that's something that's overwhelming so I feel like coming here overcame that aspect like yeah. I would always okay a little so, light for the day yeah like <laughs> work was a little rough but now that I'm here yeah. and I can socialize and you know I feel am- amazing and um so for me personally it's been just a a great booster just for that mental health piece. Totally. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Deb? I think um, being able to come here was that itsy bitsy teeny weeny little bit of normalcy Mm -hmm. Um, because everything normal has just been taken from us. Um, I know starting um, the beginning of this year, well, when we went first went into lockdown, you know, just the technology, just because I am an old dog. No. And um, <laughs> and all of this technology and and a- attach it and send it and and I'm just like what yeah and so for me that was just a huge stress I mean unbelievable huge stress I'm supposed to have my kids with me in person within reach within you know. Uh, to, to work with them, to motivate them, mm-hmm. to, um, because motivating them through a computer screen is, is, yeah, that doesn't a work. Joke. That, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, for, for 30 years, it's like, they're, they're with me and it's just like, it was horrible. I felt like I'm not accomplishing anything. I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Um, I, I'm wasting their time. I'm wasting my time. Um, I need to be, I need to have them here. And so um, that's one reason why I signed up to be, you know, I wasn't afraid of being in the classroom with the kids. Right. Um, it, it, that didn't bother me. And, but I mean, it's just being able to come here was just that, okay, I know at four o'clock, I know where I'm going to be. I know what I'm going to be doing and I'm going to feel better after whatever crazy workout we have to do yeah and then I'm gonna go home and it's gonna be like then I prepare for the next day so it's like I pack my clothes pack lunch pack everything so that I can just be up out the door and I've got everything set to face you know things that I don't want to face but then I know at four o'clock a little bit of certainty uncertainty right yeah yeah Yeah. nice yep nice how about you Lonnie any any secrets (laughs) (laughs) getting through it um well, for me, as far as the working out, you know, initially I had the membership at, you know, like Planet Fitness, and I know what to do, having taught and coached yeah. and trained on my athletes, right. and, but I wasn't accountable to go do it on my own. I had hit a point where it's like, I don't want to think about what my workout needs to be that day. So for me, it was nice to come in here and have somebody say, here's what you're doing, mm-hmm. just go do it, and I didn't have to think, I just had to do it. And and also, you know, for anybody looking to start, you once you go home, you're not going back out. <laughs> yeah. if, if I tried We can to, tell ourselves. If I tried to wait until the 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock class, I wouldn't come back. Yeah. I know, especially in the winter, and it's cold, and it's crappy out. So once you're out, just keep going. Go straight to the gym. <laughs> and then when your day is done, your day is done, and you don't have to worry about it or feel guilty. Um, you know, as far as school, the high school is kind of a whole different ball of wax because we've had kids, some were full remote, some were in two days a week, mm-hmm. and then we had a different group the other two days a week, trying to juggle that, keep all the grading straight, 
make sure you're getting the in-person kids what they need because you won't see them again over the weekend from like Thursday till Tuesday, but they have work to do. And it's like, oh crap, I forgot to hand that out. And, <laughs> you know, and then there were days where it was just, you just felt defeated because you're doing all this work. And like Deb said, we had to learn all this technology and especially yeah. being a project-based class right. to figure out how to teach all that remotely. Um, we're pre-making videos and then, you know, hallelujah for a document camera. Whoever invented that is just amazing. So that made life a little easier. Um, but we do all this work and we're planning and we're filming and and then half the kids aren't even trying. Yeah. It's not that they're doing it and not doing it well. They're not even trying. Right. So you just, you just, there was a week where the, I work with two other art teachers who are, we've worked together 20 years and we laugh a lot, thank goodness. <laughs> um, and we're the only ones in our office, so. We can kind of be ourselves and <laughs> not have to worry right, about yeah. anybody not maybe being <laughs> two offended. piece in a pod. <laughs> yeah, um, and, you know, and there, there's one week we we're just all looking at each other like, what the heck? We all were just you know exhausted and felt defeated and kind of demoralized. And <laughs> yeah, in the end, you just finally have to accept. I I can't I can't control what they do at home. Yeah, I can't reach through the computer and make them do it. Right, so, which is frustrating because we're in this to try to help kids, and then when you just can't. It's hard to accept that and let go of that. But. Yeah, especially when you're used to being in person and having that feedback and right. real time, seeing the change, seeing seeing everything, the impact yeah. that you're having. But to be like, yeah, what what is my purpose if they're not even going to be engaging? Like, and you're doing all this extra work and learning all these extra jobs, like right. to do your job, <laughs> your main job, <laughs> right? Uh, I have to learn these 17 new skills to do the one skill I'm really good at. Yeah. Um, I I can't imagine. Um, I, how how did things kind of finish up for the school year? Was there any light at the end of the tunnel? Was there any um, any positives that you were able to to pull out of the year? Like in in light of X, we still got Z. Uh, anything like that? Um, I know for us, yeah. like for me, because sometimes at the high school we'll get a homebound kid if they have a medical issue. Or mm. so now I have all these things online that they can access now, videos True. and whatever. Okay. So that'll be beneficial. Um, and then with the start of this last quarter, kids had the option to come four days a week. So there are times when I actually have like 11 or 12 kids in class instead of five. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So what, what was normal in class, 30, 20? Uh, my room holds 29. 29 for art, yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. So those two things have been good. It's been nice to have a little more interaction, a little more noise in the building yeah. this, these last few weeks. Definitely. How about you guys? I know for us in Belvedere at the elementary level, we only have one week left of school now, but right, yeah. we our kids didn't come back in person until after January. It was like middle of January that we first had in-person students, and then that was the first round. And then the next round, if parents were kind of, you know, wanting to feel it out, could come back after our spring break in like middle of April. Um so we really haven't had students in our building that long. It's been really nice to have students, but then it's still um, unfortunate to see some families not coming back, especially um, when I support mostly, like this year, I only supported kindergarten and first grade struggling readers. Well, how do you support a struggling reader through the computer, yeah. especially kindergartners that are, you know, this is their first school experience, and the whole point is, you know, play-based learning and to be around other kids and socializing yeah. and they're now their first learning experience is on a computer yeah you know and so I my fear now is for next year <laughs> you know I worry about our future now to be honest and um, because now we have incoming first graders that 
maybe still don't know the letters of the alphabet right. and um, aren't where we need to be. Um, so I definitely will have my work cut out for me next year. But it's really nice to see that our state is putting forth a plan that next year we will be full in person. Okay. Um, and hopefully the masks will be gone too. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right. But I, I'm excited to see, well, and this year too, um, we got some COVID relief funding. So I know in our district we're offering um, a summer camp type school program for open to all students. Okay. Um, so I'm hoping that a lot of our families will take advantage of that. I know I'm going to be teaching a couple programs. So okay. um, I think that'll be a fun experience and to hopefully get some normalcy again too. Yeah. Um, and hopefully have cooperative learning and hands-on experiences and um, try to get away from you know, all the social distancing and things that are, like, yeah. hindering a lot of these students' growth, so. Right, right, yeah. Okay, Deb? I think the kids that, and the and the families that did choose, you know, in-person learning, I there has been growth, um, you know, so I can, you know, see, I can see that. Um, yeah, next year I'm really hoping that, you know, the these guidelines are going to be taken away because these kids need to be social and they need to interact and you know we need to be able to have them you know talk to each other and yeah. you know and and be with each other and learn together um because right now they're just learning to especially the ones that are still at home I mean they're learning communication only through you know technology and that's that's not how we're supposed to be as a human race yeah um that's not how we we, we learn to live with each other. And, um, and I think a lot more of that needs to, you know, be, be taught and, and reestablished. So even regardless of COVID. Oh yeah. Just just the, just the world across, that we live in. Yes. Um, across the board. Yeah. So. It, God forbid you have a phone call with someone or sit on a podcast <laughs> and talk to people. It's, uh, yeah. From kindergarten to 30 years old, that's a problem <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Um, well, circling back a little bit to more health related, um, gym related stuff. Um, what was a big kind of fear or roadblock that you had to overcome to make the choice to come to Oak and maybe fear roadblock isn't the right word turning point maybe, or just like a, a light switch flip of like something needs to change because X, Y, Z isn't working. So I'm going to go do this. Uh, I'm curious of what, if you can think back, and it might change over the years as you kind of reflect on it, but what do, you th what do you think that was for you? Either something you had to come over, co um, overcome or something that happened that you're just like, I'm going to make a change and I'm going to try Oak and, and see if this can kind of fill the gap that I'm seeing in my life. I know for me, like, I wanted to be healthy and I grew up being athletic. Yeah. Um, but initially, it was very intimidating to think of like across at the time across right, bit like right. gym, I know we've come a long way as a gym and it's, um, you know, there's a lot more modifications and, yeah. um, like for every type of person. Um, so it's not a true, like there's no reason to be intimidated at all because, you know, Matt can tell you, we liked 
teachers are probably the worst students. I mean, we come in <laughs> and all we do is try to negotiate. And I mean, we don't usually get our way, but <laughs> there's always a modification. Are so, the alternatives worse? Yeah. So it's yeah. nice to keep talking. And I'm going to give you something harder. <laughs> you can look at what's posted on Sun Planner, but you know that that's not what you have to do. Okay. Um, that there will be some sort of modifications available. Yeah. Um, but like Lonnie said too, I, you know, I could go to a Planet Fitness or somewhere, run on a treadmill, bicycle, do some strength things, but I need someone there to tell me what to do. I need the workout posted. Yeah. I, I'm not motivated to do those things on my Rachel, own. Rachel, no. <laughs> did did you uh, did you do sports in high school? Not in high school. I okay. did in junior high. Uh-huh. Um, I actually had knee injuries, oh, but right. I did um, yeah. like cheerleading, basketball, volleyball. Okay. Um, yeah, but then I had some knee injuries, so yeah. that kind of hindered me from that. But um, when I was 19, I was going through um, orthopedic, um, Rockford Orthopedic at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had Dr. Jarrett, which at the time was like, you know, the top of the line yeah. orthopedic doctor. And even they were telling me at 19 that I needed knee replacements. And you're never going to ride a bicycle ever again. You're never going to do this. Well, thankfully, a couple of years later, I'd found... Um, CrossFit Roscoe at the time. Yep. And Wait, how old were you when you started? I think it was 20 something. You've been coming for yeah. how, how eight years now, you said? It was in my early 20s. I'm yeah. 36 now. So <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, my knees are fine. I mm-hmm. mean, I sometimes have achy knees, it, but I don't need knee replacements. I, yeah. um, my mobile and functionality is as well. So, um, like, I feel like finding this gym has actually saved my body in a way, because I can only imagine if I wasn't exercising in here, maybe if you I did would be falling immobil- apart. Yeah, <laughs> if you did immobilize your knees, like they said, mm-hmm. and just say, okay, I can't do anything, and then they get locked up more, and yeah. then you get, you know, frozen knees, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, definitely, that would be a, a rabbit hole. Um, cool, awesome, That yeah, that's really cool, I remember that, I remember that early on, you were very hesitant about squatting, and mm-hmm. how low to squat, and what you could handle, and how much volume you could handle, um, now look at you, gotta, we gotta really in sometimes, maybe five or six day a weekers, y'all are crazy, I work out like three <laughs> times a week, just so we're all clear, but maybe I should step that up a bit. It didn't used to be like that for you though. <laughs> no, I was all the time, yeah, for sure, two a days, seven a days, yeah, didn't matter. Uh, how about you, Deb? Any, um, what was your kind of story like or, or things you overcame to come to the gym? As you mentioned, it wasn't yeah. a thing in your family and it wasn't uh, right, a, yeah. a value per se. Right. You know, I mean, it was just, um, yeah, you know, climbing the stairs from the basement to the kitchen and grabbing a handful of Oreos was about my form of exercise. Um, you know, and it just, it, it right, it wasn't important to me. It wasn't, um, you know, priority. Um and then after I, I actually found Oak um, because Will and Ben, my sons, right. it's like I wanted them to feel and, and to have confidence and, and, and self-esteem and um, to build on their athletic ability. And Will, unfortunately, followed in his mama's footsteps with, you know, retaining chunkiness um I love you Will and um (laughs) but unfortunately you know it's 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 genetics you know and so I wanted you know I wanted to find a place where somebody is going to build on their athletic ability yeah and um you know Adam and Isaac and you know when we first started we in Roscoe um you know it's like you guys created two 
beasts. They were amazing. They worked hard. And, you know, it's, and to this day, I mean, and, and and then a couple of like years into it, like I said, you know, they're both like a couple months into it. They're like, okay, you need to stop making us food, making us cookies. We don't want pop anymore. We want to follow paleo diet. We want to eat vegetables. I'm like, holy crap, what did I get you guys into? Yeah, yeah, what did I sign up for? And then, um, and then Ben, my youngest, is like, Mom, you need to start coming. You need to just start coming. There are other, there are other ladies there that work out. You can just, it's not scary. <laughs> and I think personally it's like weightlifting. It's like you just think of, yeah, you know, pump you up, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm like. <laughs> do that again. Do that again. It's, it's, like, it's like Hans, Hans and Franz. This is great. Hans and Franz. Hans and Franz. And I'm going to pump you up. And I'm just like, I can't. A barbell, dumbbells. Are you kidding me? I don't know what those things are. I've never touched those things in my life. Why yeah. would I want to start now? And, you know, and I did. And I came. And you guys just accepted where I was, which was a bowl full of jelly. And just. You can do this. I mean, every single person, you can do this. Just do your best. Just do what you can. Start where you are. Build where you are. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, and it, like I said, I mean, it's been, you know, just amazing. And then it became, you and know. And you kept showing up. Right, yeah. Kept showing up. And, and it became something that Will, Ben, and I, as yeah, a family, yeah. did. I mean, this is what we do. And so, like, when, you know, when Will comes home from Minnesota and if we have a chance – this, this is our family time. You yeah. know, we don't go to a movie. We don't go. We come to Oak. Right. And this is our family time. And, um, you know, I, there's just no, there, there aren't enough words to, you know, thank Oak for the transformation in my life. Because now I enjoy bicycling, um, you know, walking miles, hiking. Yeah. I, I, I'm almost going to say run, but not really, um, you know? And so, I mean, but it's those things that I could never do growing yeah. up that yes, I yeah. never did growing up ever, 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 ever. And now, like I said, at 51, I'm doing it. Yeah. And I would never, I would never know that about you. I would never expect that growing up, you were this completely Jekyll and Hyde person, like completely oh. different human. Cause that's all I know about you now. How that much you, weight did you lose? You know? Um, when I, after I had been, I was like 225 at my heaviest. Yeah. So, and then. So quite a bit of weight, everyone. Right. She's not going to reveal it. You have yeah. to talk to her in person and, to find the secrets. And but. so, well, but I mean, you know, when I first started, like when the boys were getting older and it's like, okay, you know, we have a game here and a game here. We have basketball, baseball. Um, you know, this, that, that, and the other football. And then, you know, it's just like, you know, I was so busy, but I did it the wrong way. I starved myself and, and I, you know, so I lost, I dropped 50 pounds really, really quick, but I drove myself crazy, like walking all the time, climbing stairs. Became obsessive. Yes. And, and starving myself. You start to see results that happen and you want more and you want them faster. Right. And, yeah. But it was completely wrong. And then I put on, you know, like 40 pounds back on. And then I think that's, you know, when I when I first started coming to Oak, like, you know, well, yeah, something's got to give here. And okay. I, I got to get over this fear. Yeah. And, you know, for anybody, you know, listening that just is in the same boat, like, oh, I have never picked one of those up. Then don't worry about it. Yeah, we'll have a modification for you right, if you're exactly. really that worried about it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. the coach will guide you, and they will tell right. you what, exactly. you're, what you're able to do. Right, and everybody here yeah. accepts everybody here. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Lonnie, how about you, dear? Um, 
Well, you know, as I said, I'd been athletic all right. my life, and then, you know, it's stopped working out for myself because I was always coaching other people and um, just got frustrated, was kind of like, I don't even like myself right now. <laughs> just like, yeah, I don't fair. like being this way. Okay. Um, and then diabetes runs on both sides of my family. Um, my dad died in his 60s, partly because he didn't take care of himself after some health issues, but, you know, I knew I never wanted to have to deal with that, something yeah. like that. Um, my mom died when she was mid-70s. She had had nine children and worked in a factory and, you know, done all kinds of things oh. and hadn't had an easy life, yeah. um, had terrible knees, and, you know, I, I didn't want to be in that condition. Um, and I have great nieces and nephews. I became an aunt when I was in fourth grade. Um, so, you know, there's little kids. We have you yeah. know, big squirt gun fights on Fourth of July, the little kids running around, and, and I want to be able to continue to do that and to go – you know, play with them and, and go to their games and climb up the bleachers and be the crazy aunt at the top yelling at them. And um, so, you know, this keeps me going with all of that. One thing that was hard once I came in, I, I mean, I was comfortable in a weight room. Mm -hmm. I mean, done it so much. But for me, it was like my competitiveness kicked in. I wanted mm. to be like the strongest one of the gym and I should, I should be able to do this and I should be, you know. Yeah. And then I wasn't because A, I was out of shape at that point, but then B, some injuries started to set in and then I just get mad and want to go kick things and <laughs> be like, <laughs> how come this person who's, you know, probably not been the athlete that been Yeah, how are they beating me? They can lift more than me and yeah. do more than me. And so it, it was hard to just understand like, A, I'm here, I'm coming consistently. Yep. That, that's the first battle. And then just do what I can do. And even now, there'll be days where I'm like, Matt, hip's not doing that today. I'm just, just not doing that today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's my modification? What can I do instead? And, you know, and again, you just keep coming <laughs> even when you don't want to. And we, I always feel better when I leave. And it's kind of like the crossover between I leave school behind, I come in here, mm, get rid of all yeah. the stress and all that, and then I can go home and do whatever with a, with a more clear head. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I think that's huge. I, I talk about that all the time of just like putting your pride aside and listening to your body because your body will tell you what it needs. For example, you're in tune <laughs> with the fact that you have some maybe hip pain sometimes or some different things like that. And, you know, I would be lying as a coach if I said that you're never going to have hiccups or aches and pains. Uh, y y we want to push ourselves. So we want to get into that discomfort a little bit, but it's, it's bridging that gap of what's too much and what's not enough, right? What's, right. what's not forcing enough adaptation or change or challenge in my life and what's overdoing it. And maybe like you were talking, you know, that I'm running stairs and I'm doing this and I'm working out and I'm doing two days. And, um, it's, it's finding that happy medium of sustainability so that you can continue to come and continue to show up. And that's probably, I, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice for anyone starting is just to, don't overcommit or overplan on what you think you're going to do. Instead, start conservatively, do that, and then you can always grow your exercise plan or, or you know, kind of branch out from there. Um, I have two last things I want to touch on. One is the community aspect of our little teacher squad. Do we have a name, by the way? Is there, an, is there no? Hmm, I think we should have a name. We should think on that. Um, and um, what just what is what is that like for you guys to to kind of have a consistent crew of, of humans that show up at that four o'clock time? It's four o'clock, right? Yeah. Four o'clock time spot. Um, and uh, just how does that help encourage you or just what is in your own words? What does that kind of community mean to you? Um, and, and what has that kind of done in your life? 
It's more motivating, I think, to come. And then I do sometimes come to the 515 roots if I know I can't make it to mm-hmm. the four. Um, so same thing there. I mean, Sally's, and if anyone knows Sally, Sally's <laughs> usually in the 515. Yep. And, um, but same thing, you build that community. And so you look forward. I mean, it's hard to talk to kids all day. So <laughs> you look forward to seeing adults and having adult conversations. Yeah. Um, and just having that hobby and something out. So, I mean, we, we still come and we talk about, you know, we bitch about work <laughs> or whatever, but <laughs> I mean, it's still nice to have, um, you know, normal conversations outside of work. And then we're not in the same district either. Right. Um, or even in the, if you are in the same district, not the same building. So, um, I mean, there's other Belvedere teachers too here and we're right. not in the same building. So it's just, it's nice to have that commonality, but um, you know, we don't see each other every day except at the gym. So we look for, I know for me personally, it's like you look forward to, to seeing everyone. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Deb, how about you, dear? Um, I think it's when we come here, we can talk to people who completely understand where we're coming from because I can go home and, you know, I can talk to, well, Ben's the only one home, um, you know, and just say, and he'd be like, okay, yeah, great, mom, sorry to hear that, and then, yeah. you know, okay, uh, but I mean, it's like we, right, I mean, there's somebody here who understands what we're going through, and, you know, so that we can at least get, it's like that first, like, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like Matt or Kara, whoever has to start our class, it's like, okay, knock it off, stop talking, and it's like, <laughs> it, we are, we're like the worst kids, <laughs> um, you know, and, but I, I, that's it, I mean, we can just come, and it's like, people understand what what it is and I feel like sometimes it can even be unspoken mm-hmm. right it's just you know like it's like we walk in and just kind of go yep and just nod <laughs> like yep all right we had a day uh we all we all know the the line of work we're in and the day that we had and uh yeah an unspoken understanding and often spoken because that's, that's what you guys do what but do. <laughs> yep. yeah and, it, and it's a level of accountability you know because we have you know formed some friendships mm-hmm. and um you know it's like you know, I think a lot of the Oak stuff says someone notices when you're not there, you know, so that's nice to have that and just the empathy and the sympathy of what we go through and what we're dealing with and, and that we're all here to <coughs> kind of escape it, even though we come in and vent for the first five or 10 minutes yeah. on many days and, you know, Matt's just like, all right, how's the teachers today? <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. He, he knows what he's going to hear and then we get going and yeah. then we're all good. But, um, so yeah, I think between just the camaraderie and, uh, the support, spoken or unspoken, and then the yeah. accountability. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, too, to see how, like, through the school year, we come here at 4, but in the summer, we're 9 o'clockers. Yeah. And so then it's like, it's like during the summer, 9 o'clock, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're all happy it's 9 o'clock. We're <laughs> completely <here>. different <laughs> crowd. Completely different yeah. crowd, completely different attitude, uh-huh. mindset, you know, and it's, yeah. Well, even on Saturdays. Like, you yeah. and I didn't come every Saturday. Now we're coming every Saturday because, you know, you – New yeah. people, mix Those it up. bonds, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like certain people that you don't get to see because of whatever class you come to, you're seeing them on that, that Saturday morning workout. Yeah. Awesome. We are going to end with, um, you can choose a word of our happy, healthy, strong phrase, okay? And I want you to kind of just... Um, riff, elaborate, whatever you want to call it, in, of one of those words. What does happy mean to you? What does healthy mean to you? What does strong mean to you? Or the entire idea of happy, healthy, strong. 
um, and just kind of relating to uh, how the gym ties into that. We've touched on a lot today, and, and it might be kind of a, a repeat, um, but I'm going to leave it up to you versus on like what word really resonates with you or if it's more of the phrase. Um, and, yeah, I'm just I just a little a short little blurb on kind of how Oak – helps instill that into your life and, and kind of carry it from the gym into your, your day-to-day activities. So whoever feels uh, like, I got one, I'll go first. We don't have to go in any particular order. Um, I'll go with strong. Okay. Because I think coming to the gym helps you be strong, not just physically and not like I can move a lot of weight. Mm. I'm strong because I'm disciplined to come every day. Um, it helps me with mental strength and perseverance and and just when a challenge comes, I'm like, well, you know, I made it through that workout two days ago. I, I can, you know, do this. And uh, so I think s- the strength that you build at a gym isn't just about the amount of weight you lift. It's so about true. the mental health, the uh, the happiness, you know, all of that. It, it all ties together. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. I love that. The, the kind of uh, perseverance that, that it gives you in and out of the weight room, obviously. I'm sure that was important for your athletes, too, and, and teaching <laughs> and, them that. Yeah, and I've had, you know, several athletes over the years. I've been doing this, you know, forever. Just a few years. Um, <laughs> uh, 30 years. <laughs> and, you know, and I'll have people be like, oh, my God, those summer workouts, you know. And then they were maybe coaching their kid, and they're like, now we get it. Now we know why yeah. we did what we did. Yeah. So, and that's when it's worth it. Def- might come 10 years later, but that's when it's worth it. <laughs> it always comes around. Yeah. I guess I would have to go with, well, you know, when you think of those three words, it's, it, it's a balance. Because, oh, I like that. You know, you have to, if, if you're not healthy, you're probably not happy. Mm. Um, or if you're overly healthy, or right? Or if you're overly healthy. Hap- uh-huh. Right, you know, and yeah. so, I mean, all three of those words are, are you have to have them in balance. And, um you know, just coming here, I think, has given me that balance because I wasn't happy with myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't healthy. I sure as heck wasn't strong. Um, and it's and it's like Lonnie said too, it's that determination. It's the perseverance. And so, you know, if you're if you're healthy, you wanna keep going in that in that direction. And so it's just this it's a huge balance. If you have one, then you probably have the other. Yeah. And then everything kind like of a little Tetris, kind of, and they just keep building. Yeah, it, you just yeah. Kind of, yeah, right. You keep building on that. So, um, you know, if if you're not healthy, one time you have an injury. Um, you know, one time I came in here, I had a broken finger, but I still got here and I still did stuff. You know, yeah. and you know, so it's like you 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 have a different balance than you work on something else, and so. And then, you know, and then it carries over into into life because I can go to, you know, work with a different mindset every day, coming here, letting go of a lot of garbage, starting over tomorrow. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it just, it, 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 it's a balance between everything. And it just helps me keep that balance. Makes awesome. me very happy. <laughs> Healthy and strong. <laughs> I love right. it. I love it. And I feel like, too, coming here, you're always getting stronger. You're always improving. Um, and then that's going to make you happy to see those improvements. And it makes you happy to, to come to this community and see um, all the people that you get along with and enjoy working out with. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun journey. And it's, it's a lot of fun to be a part of this group. Yeah. I mean, it's been over eight years for me. So. 
You must be doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> You're sticking around. Yeah, sticking around. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, ladies. Uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, we appreciate the service that you give to uh, to the youth of, of the Midwest. And um, <laughs> happy to have you a part of the family and for your time today. But uh, we'll we'll catch you all next time on the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. That's all we have for you today. If you have questions, want to chat, or are interested in seeing what we're up to between episodes, head over to Instagram and follow at lauren.rxtn and at oakstrength. Together, we are two companies committed to elevating your health and fitness. If you like this episode, please share it with someone who wants to live happy, healthy, and strong. If you really liked it, subscribe and review our Happy Healthy Strong podcast on iTunes. Be sure to tune back in next week and remember to keep owning your health.